Aloha, this is Jason from Hawaii. Welcome to a special edition of the Comics for Fun and Profit podcast. In this episode, I am interviewing Gavin Smith. He's here to promote his works on Star Trek The Mirror Wars. Um, that's from IDW. It's written by David and Scott Tipton. Issue one will be coming out on October 6th. And also, too, um, Gavin um, is currently working, or I, I think you're currently working on Dead Legends 2. Is that correct? Or you have... uh, it's it's all finished. Actually. It's all finished. But yeah, um, it, it that was my project during the pandemic. So oh. well, when I couldn't leave my house, so <laughs> it, it's all finished and currently coming out. The fourth out of the fifth issue just came out yesterday digitally yes. on Comicsology. Yeah, yeah. And if you and listeners, if you guys are interested, that is on Comicsology. The physical trade comes out on October nineteenth. And it's uh, and it's a very good price point at sixteen ninety nine. And if I remember correctly, um, because I got the first trade and it's five issues, and that's a great price, sixteen ninety nine. So, you know, Gavin, how are you doing today? I'm very well, thank you. I appreciate you having me on the show. No, just I'm going to say thank you very much for your time, yeah. Gavin. Thank you very much. Glad now, to be here. listeners, I'm going to give um, a history of, of Gavin's incredible um, work history. Now, and I told Gavin he can correct me at any time. Now, Gavin, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, you have you have been you you've been working as an artist for the last ten years, correct? Yeah, approximately ten years. Yeah, I, after I graduated from Joe Kubert School. Okay, and then we're going to touch upon that a little bit too. Yeah, as well. no problem. <laughs> All right. So Gavin's work includes um, Dead Legends and um, Dead Legends Two, and that's from A Wave Blue World. It's written by um, James Maddox, and currently it's on Comixology. Um, he's also done artwork on All We Ever Wanted. It's a sci-fi anthology to inspire hope that is also from A Wave Blue World. And also, um, you did something called Human City. Uh, can I ask, can you talk about that just for a little bit? Yeah, that was actually a project I started in Joe Kubert's class while I was at the school. Uh, and, you know, the beginning of it was it was uh in joe's class joe would say you know not all of you are going to get jobs with dc and marvel after we graduate mm -hmm. right away so you got to have a backup plan and you know his first assignment which uh was you know all right by next week we need a cover in five pages and pencils and i was able <laughs> yeah, we, we have we also have nine other classes too. yeah so anyway i i did the then, you know, the next week we inked and lettered it and then we did some more stuff with it throughout the semester. But um, yeah, I, I started those initial five pages in the cover in Joe's class. And uh, after I graduated, I came home to Indianapolis and finished that and that was, and self-published it. And there's maybe like six, 700 copies out there in the world. Um, but you know, I, I print about a hundred at a time and uh -huh. then sell out of those and then get them printed again and then just keep that cycle going. And it just led to my work and mm -hmm. we'll, we'll get into that, but like yeah. it, it's, it's what got me, it broke me in, mm -hmm. so okay. to say. Yeah. And I'm going to ask, um, human city, um, is, is that, I'm sorry, I'm kind of going off the cuff here. I haven't even no, finished work history, but is it a complete story in, in that issue or is it, or are you I have, 
I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, sorry. I, I, I wanted to do more of it. Okay. I, I wanted to do a lot more of it. Um, it's, it's very much, uh, uh, like I said, I did one issue with the hopes of continuing and doing like five or six issues. And then, okay. and then I had a sequel in mind, uh, as well, but, uh, I only got the one done mm -hmm. and I just started getting more and more work, regular mm -hmm. work. And, um, you know, then a lot of the media has covered a lot of what I wanted to do in human city. So I probably, oh. <laughs> unless I change the story, I, I don't know if I'll ever get back to it. A lot of, you know, and it's, and it's funny, um, we did a little bit of what I wanted to do mm -hmm. in Human City and Dead Legends, too. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's funny, a lot of things that happened in The Mandalorian was stuff I wanted to do in Human City. And I mean, because it's, it's kind of, a, it's a loner dude. And it's very, very lone wolf and cub. And okay. it's, it's a guy traveling with a baby that's not his, kind of yeah. having this fatherly role thrust upon him in a very violent world uh -huh. um and you know that's lone wolf and cub and it's very much Man what mandalorian was doing and uh i i had some cool ideas for it and i i took a more grounded approach with that when we did dead legends like i had some ideas that i had in my back pocket for about nine ten years and I, yeah I, I fed them to james as well uh my writer for dead legends or my partner i should say uh dead legends and yeah we, we we just mixed it into that and i I'd probably done all i could do with that story mm -hmm. as of yeah. now unless i think of a different angle and maybe it's something i do in the future but um i don't know when that future could come yeah mm -hmm. yeah I, and, and I'm, I'm i'm just i'm just asking um uh, sure. if you know if a listener is you know is interested in this do, do you have do you have this can they buy it anywhere or i they could probably if they go to my website which is gavinsmithcomics.com you could order a copy off of me i i know i have at least maybe like at least 30 or 40 of them left okay i saw them in my closet i was cleaning it out the other day so. <laughs> <laughs> <All right>. yeah <laughs> okay all right gavin thank you very much i'm going to continue uh -huh. on with your yeah. incredible history. You've also worked on something called um, Charge, an yeah. all superhero must die comic. Uh -huh. And it's from JTRO Comics. And that was written by, I'm gonna try to pronounce Mark um, Politan and Polten. Polten, I'm sorry, Polten, sorry, Polten, and Jason Trost. Yes. Okay. And then also too, you've worked on, and there's, correct me if I'm wrong, three volumes of the accelerator from blue juice there's, comics and that was written four, in actually i'm sorry there's four actually. oh there's four okay yeah all right and then um it's written by rfi um porto 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 okay porto yeah and then i know i'm gonna say i think i i think i've seen it and i'm not sure but I know three volumes are on Comixology. If the fourth one's on Comixology, that'd be great too. So, yeah. I think so. Um, it there's a oh, there was a big gap because we did the first three volumes mm -hmm. kind of annually. It was it, that was my first big job mm -hmm. uh, coming out of Human City, mm -hmm. uh, Blue Juice Comics. Uh, the publisher found me and hired me um, in a very 
uh, interesting way because I used to work in TV productions, which I think we're going to get into as well. Yes. <laughs> um, and a friend of mine who worked on the set of Project Runway worked on another set with these guys, and they were starting their own company and uh -huh. found me through him. And uh, we, yeah, we did, we started the first volume. I started drawing it in 2012. It mm -hmm. started coming out in 2013. The first trade came out in 2014. Mm -hmm. Then we had a trade out in 2015 and 2016. And then there was a bit of a gap mm -hmm. uh, while uh, Ronnie uh, Porto, RFI Porto, um, he worked on some movies because mm -hmm. uh, he's a screenwriter. Uh, oh. And he, uh, just got really busy with that. Like a lot of his, like yeah. his agent was getting him a lot of work. So accelerators took a bit of a break and then we came back and we did uh, five more issues that were coming out through 2020. Mm -hmm. And I believe volume four, physical volume four came out in February of this year. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. So it should be on Comixology yet. Yeah. I haven't checked. <laughs> <laughs> and then, the last thing that um, also too, you did some um, artwork for heavy metal. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, I did a six-page story in the issue two ninety-seven, uh -huh. so right before their big three hundred anniversary. Uh, right after I finished up uh, Dead Legends Volume One, I had about two three weeks to do it, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so not not very long. And they kept pushing the deadline on me, but I, it it, uh, it was for the holiday special and it oh, okay i think it was supposed to come out in december and ended up also coming out in february of 2020 <laughs> uh, so it was a big month for me yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry i'm gonna go off the cuff sorry gavin sure. so no worries when you got the call from um who so first off what was this title and who wrote it I, uh, that the part story yeah uh so it was my friend andy eschenbach um he lives in cincinnati so a couple hours away from me and uh, we, we've been friends for a long time. Andy writes these really cool self-published crime stories. And uh, he's currently working for IDW, uh, co-writing a story with uh, Brian Level. And uh, oh my God, I can't believe I, I'm blanking on the name of the story that he's doing. It's really good. Mm -hmm. um, but, but Andy's excellent writer. Um, but he, he approached me, and like I said, we've been friends for a long time. He's mm -hmm. like, hey, I have a connection with Heavy Metal. Are you interested in doing a short story for the Christmas issue? Like, we're, I'm going to pitch it. All I need you to do is some character designs. And I was yeah. Like, yeah, sure. Like, and, you know, he sent me the script, and I looked it over, or at least the outline. Yeah. And I looked it over, and I was like, this is cool. And it's called Bethlehem. Okay. Uh, it, was a, it was a very weird take on the retelling, <laughs> or... or I don't even know if it's a retelling of story of uh, Bethlehem, but it's yeah. that's what it's called. And um, uh, so I did like maybe two, three character designs, something yeah. like that, for the story. And then I sent it off to him, and he sent it into Heavy Metal, and it got approved. But like six or seven months later, mm -hmm. and I had completely forgotten about it. Yeah. Uh, and he he just came back to me, and he's like, "Gavin, we got that job." And I'm like, "What are you talking about?" And yeah. he's like, "We're working for Heavy Metal," and I was like, "Oh, cool," uh, because it's it's funny. Heavy Metal is just one of those magazines I I never. I've always want. I'd, I'd love to do work for him, but it just never seemed like it was on my radar. Like I didn't yeah. know how to get that yes. and 
uh, luckily it came to me. And now, now it's funny, my editor for Dead Legends 1 and 2, Joseph Village, after I did my uh, uh, story there, he got a full-time staff position there in editorial. So oh. now I think it might be a little easier for me. <laughs> but at the time, it was... Uh, it, that wasn't that way, but it was, it, I, was, I was very fortunate to be able to be a part of that. Yeah. Okay, so going to the, talking about the heavy metal thing. So I know you said it was cool to get that, to get that job, mm-hmm. but I, I'm just going to ask, realistically, were you excited? Were you going, oh my God, this is heavy metal, man. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was great. And like, it's, it's funny, there was a, he, uh, Andy had written in, a scene where um we there's a an alien being loaded into this coffin yeah thing and the alien is nude and i was like well do i do i draw his uh yeah yeah. his genitals and he was and we were just like i talked to him i was like like, do i do this he's like dude it's heavy metal we've got to (laughs) (laughs) so i did So we, yeah. so we had to, yeah. It's yeah. like, all right, well, some draw some alien nudity, and that's uh, yeah, it's on the resume now. <laughs> all right. Sorry, Cam, I'm gonna continue. No, that's, that's great. A great story. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna continue on. Okay, um, now correct me if I'm wrong. Also, too, you were in a punk rock band, correct? Yeah, I was in a few. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then. Um, and you are a proud father of a corgi. What's your corgi's I, yeah. name? I forgot. I forgot. I listened to the podcast, another podcast, and I forgot the name. Uh, this is Coco. That okay. I have. Yeah. She's great. I, I, she's my second corgi, technically. I had another one who passed about a year ago. His name is yeah, Wally. Sorry. No, it's all right. Well, he, he uh, quick, the quick version of that is right before I had him before I went to Kubert school. Mm-hmm. I had uh, I had him about a year and a half. Had to give him back to my mom because mm-hmm. uh, I, I had originally gotten him from my mom's dog, mm-hmm. uh, who had had pups. And while he became mine, had him for about a year and a half. Moved back to school or moved to New Jersey to go to school. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she took care of Wally, and I came back and uh, I, I never had a house that I could take him back. Yeah. For so my mom kept him, and uh, until my wife, uh, who was my girlfriend at the time, uh, we moved into a house together, and so we we ended up babysitting Wally very mm-hmm. frequently because my mom had just retired, so she was going on these trips with her girlfriends, and mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> just travel a lot. Uh, so I got to spend a lot of good quality time with Wally, and she also had Coco, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, my grandparents were not well at the time uh my mom was taking care of them mm-hmm. so she couldn't manage him wally was much more chill than coco was mm-hmm. so <laughs> she couldn't handle coco while taking care of my sick grandparents so uh we, we ended up adopting coco we've had her about four ish years now oh okay yeah that's, that's pretty cool yeah coco's awesome she's she's great I, i'm just i'm sorry i'm kind of going off the cuff here because i know you yeah. and i'll get into this your where people where can listeners follow you on social media, but do you post pictures of Coco on your Twitter feed? Every once in a while. Okay. Yeah. Here and there. Um, it's, it's funny. I was actually at a convention this past weekend mm-hmm. and I, 
ended up spending like $60 on stuffed Corgi toys. And I do so many conventions and yeah. I never fall for this stuff. Like, yeah. I just don't, like it's, it's like, I, I see, I've seen it all. Like you can't surprise me. And then there was some girl that was walking by my table and she had a big stuffed Corgi in her hands and I, my eyes just lit up and I was <laughs> like, where is, where did you get that? And so she sent me over to this booth uh -huh. and I get, I get there and she, this lady's got all these like stuffed uh, animals and big section of those corgis. But uh, the corgi that had, uh, the stuffed corgi that had Coco's colors, oh. uh, well, the big one was sold out. Oh. And, but they had like a keychain size yeah. of it. Oh, okay. So I bought, I bought that and it was like 15 bucks. And I, I got her information. I was like, well, I'll order, I'll order the big one for me yeah. at some point. Then that was on the Saturday of the show. So Sunday goes around and I'm at my table and I'm, you know, drawing or something and uh, doing my convention stuff. And she actually comes, she finds my table. She'd been hunting around the convention center looking mm -hmm. for me and she's carrying this big stuffed corgi. <laughs> and I, my, again, my eyes just lit up and she's yeah. like, I found you. And then she sold it to me on the spot and I brought it home to my wife and she was like, I don't know why you bought this. And now <laughs> she loves it. Like this is all within the matter of like, since Sunday, since I came home with it. She, yeah. she, she went from like, this is silly and kind of dumb to I love this thing. It's ridiculous. I, it's great. No, it is. That's pretty yeah. cool. That is pretty cool. And, and then I have stuff like this. This is, this is more Wally's colors, actually. But this uh -huh. is my, my Cintiq uh, pen holder. Uh -huh. <laughs> that's, pretty, that's pretty nice. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's like you find a lot of little like, dumb corgi stuff around my house. It's, we're, we're suckers for it. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry, Gary. I'm going to continue yeah, on. Okay. Please. And, um, let's see. Um, I, and we, before we started the interview, I know you, we talked about that you, um, um, early in your career that you did artwork for some record albums and merchandise mm -hmm. for independent um, record labels, such as Glory Hole. And I'm going to try to pronounce this one and correct me if, and you know, just correct me. Um, yeah. Hugh Corporistic oh. Inc. <laughs> I, I, I think it's He Who Corrupts Inc. Okay. Yes. Yeah. It's a, it's like a hardcore label. I think out of Chicago. I, I did a, I, I, I know I, it's, it's, it was a friend of mine's band that got on that label. Uh-huh. And I did the artwork for one of their records. And I don't know. I don't remember what their band was that I did the record. I mean, this was back in 2009, 2010. Uh -huh. And their old band name was the Sorely Trying Days. But that's not what the record was that I ended up doing mm -hmm. the album art for was. So I, I honestly don't remember and I feel bad. Uh, but uh, I guess that's just getting older, right? <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, it, he who corrupts and you know some things here and there. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of it probably got lost to time. <laughs> um, let's see. Also, too, you were a PA for a couple TV, or at least for a number. I don't, I don't know, maybe a number of shows. I know. Um, I think. Correct me if I'm wrong. Man Cave is one of them. Yes. Okay. And then also, too, you were a PA on Project Runway. Now, correct me, was yeah. that in 2010? I believe so, yeah, 2010, because it was right before my third year of Kubert School. So that was, yeah, 20, summer of 2010. Yeah. Okay. 
Now, the only reason why listeners I'm mentioning this, the Project Runway is because you had a brief encounter with an angel, a Victoria's <laughs> yeah. Secrets angel. Now, yes. you know, listeners, we're going to get to that story um, at the end of the interview. <laughs> okay. All right. We're saving the good stuff for the last. All right. Yeah. We yeah. <laughs> okay. Now, all that, did I miss anything? <laughs> Uh, I don't believe so. Nothing. Oh, I did a little work with Ghost in the Shell. Oh, that's uh, right. Yeah. And uh, so, and we can get into that as well. I, uh, for the um, neuro, Global Neural Network hardcover that came out in 2018, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Wow. Okay. Are you, yeah. I'm going to ask, are you a fan of like anime stuff and... You know. Here, here and there, not a ton. It's just oh. something that's never been on my radar. Like, uh, I love Death Note, Akira. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm making my way through Cowboy Bebop, which I oh, okay. don't know as a corgi enthusiast how I haven't finished it. But um, <laughs> I, I, I've, I've got about halfway through that. Um, and there's some stuff here and there, like Attack on Titan. I really like. Mm, yes. Um, uh, but I, I haven't watched a ton, a ton of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. And then um, where can listeners follow you on social media? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Gavin P. Smith. Mm-hmm. And I guess Twitch as well, but I haven't been able to be on my Twitch for a while because uh, a lot of the stuff I'm doing is too spoilery to, oh, to yeah. go up there. Um, and, I, and I don't want any of these companies that are nice enough to hire me to get mad at me. Yeah, so, um, yeah. <laughs> So, uh, but, but I do a Twitch stream with my friends every Thursday. So I'll actually be doing one later tonight. Uh-huh. Um, my friend, Sue Lee, yes. uh, who draws a ton of great stuff. She, she did a lot of work for Dynamite. She did her latest stuff that just came out was uh, in the Red Sonia, Black, White, and Red that came out this week, I believe. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Um, she she's great. So Sue ho- hosts the Twitch stream. I think it's uh, Sue Lee draws on Twitch, mm-hmm. and uh, it's myself, her. Let me see if I get every, get everybody that shows up on the show. Uh, a lot of us have the same art rep, mm-hmm. comic art. So uh, Sue, myself, Tyler Boss, Tom Tom Riley, Josh Hickson, Ricardo Lopez Ortiz, Craig Cermak, uh, Adam Gorham shows up mm-hmm. from time to time. Sweeney Boo. Rossi Gifford, Dave Stokes. Those are kind of the regulars that mm-hmm. pop in and out of the show. And then we have guests from time to time, like uh, Beacon Marion shows up and uh, Travis uh, mm-hmm. uh, Muller and, uh, oh man, uh, Matt Horak will show up every once in a while. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we just, it's kind of revolving guests. Matt, Ramon Villalobos has been on the show and like it, it's one of these things where we just kind of sit around and we just talk and we just goof off and yeah. sometimes we have a theme and mm-hmm. we draw for like three hours. Yeah. Uh, you know, we interact with our chat and we, we just have silly conversations. It's fun. But it just sounds like it. It more sounds like it's just um, it's um, just friends hanging out. It really is, and that that was kind of the the genesis of it. Is uh, we you know, this uh, global pandemic hit yeah. and you know, we, we were supposed to uh, go to a lot of conventions and see each other. And we, we were all becoming friends anyway, because uh, 
we all signed to modern myth not all of us uh, a good chunk of us had signed a modern mythology comic art mm-hmm. and uh then modern mythology comic art split into two different factions mm-hmm. because uh it, w- it was started by two guys one was in canada and one here in the states mm-hmm. and uh Canadian guy took all the Canadian artists yeah. and mm-hmm. the guy in the States took all everyone in America. So, but, uh, but we, we had a SPAC group and we had all hung out at New York Comic-Con mm-hmm. 2019, started our Slack chat and then just kind of became this thing. It's like, let's just do this. It's a social thing where we need that, you know, we weren't able to go anywhere. So we, we needed some sort of way to be social, yeah, have fun. And uh, it kind of became much more than that and it's it's really nice yeah it's i i have to i have to yeah pop into it because um because i follow her on twitter Uh but yeah i i need to i just to pop in just to see that you know yeah it's it's got a a a loose name like it's not really doesn't really have a name the show but uh the instagram that we have is called sue and the boys Mm-hmm. So to go back to more social media, you can follow Sue and the boys on Instagram. <laughs> and we, we post uh, stuff from what we've been drawing that week or if we have new releases coming out. We post all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if we all happen to be at a convention or somewhere, somewhere we'll all post a picture of each other there. Mm-hmm. But whatever's we feel like, honestly, yeah. it's, it's pretty fun. <laughs> all right, Kevin, I'm sorry. So I'm going to continue on. Um, you know, um, where did you grow up? I, I grew up in a little town called Peru, Indiana, mm-hmm. home of Cole Porter. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, actually, my dad lives right down the street from Cole Porter's house. Oh, that's pretty yeah. cool. Um, same same not, street. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And then, do you remember, what was the first comic you read? I, I honestly can't remember. Oh. I, it's, I think uh, comics have just kind of been around mm-hmm. all my life like uh it's just something you know we'd go to local drugstore or yes. mm-hmm. you know we'd I'd, I'd go to the spinner rack or like the magazine stand and just mm-hmm. read whatever i could uh i read like World combat comics as a kid and, mm-hmm. you know batman and whatever and um and then there would always be trips to uh my grandparents who lived in southern indiana we'd make our way back up through indianapolis on the way home Mm-hmm. And we'd stop at like a Borders or a Half Price Books or something mm-hmm. like that. And I would just like run away and, mm-hmm. you know, again, yeah. get caught in the graphic novel section. And also growing up, uh, we'd go to Kokomo, Indiana, which is about 20 minutes south of Peru. And there was a, sh- you know, that was the closest place to go if we needed anything like uh, uh, from like a Walmart or from a mall. You know, mm-hmm. we'd go to Kokomo. And behind Marklin Mall, which is the main mall in Kokomo, literally across the street, there was a comic book store that was catty corner to the mall. So I would sneak out of the mall and run across the street. And, (laughs) you know, this is before cell phones or anything. So I'd just be like, where's Gavin? And I just ran across the street and got lost in the comic book store for a couple hours. So, uh, you know, comics have always been kind of in my life. If I was just reading them at the store, which... uh, uh, Mm -hmm. I don't recommend now buy comics, everybody. <laughs> so, yeah. but, but, um, but my parents would also buy me comics too. And like, you know, they'd buy me like, you know, graphic novels or like collected trades and stuff yeah. like that. Uh, 
I remember reading like Death of Superman and Trade and mm-hmm. uh, The Return of Superman and Trade and Batman versus Predator, which I still love to this day. Oh yes, uh, as, as my it's like my favorite Batman story. Yeah. Um, and uh, but I think the thing that really hooked me mm-hmm. as a monthly reader was uh, Grant Morrison's JLA run. Oh, okay. Can I, I'm just asking, can I ask you what, what hooked you into what, you know, what, 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 what was it that hooked you into that, that JLA run? I, I think it was just, uh, I don't know. It, it mm-hmm. seemed like, like I always liked team, the idea of team books and like yes. the idea of Justice League. It's like, oh, it's the best of the best getting to get, coming together. Yes. But it was such a unique time for DC at the time where they had this legacy of Kyle Rayner and Wally West. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, apart from the death and return of Superman, it felt mm-hmm. like DC Universe had consequences. Mm-hmm. And something about that really struck to me, like, oh, Green Lantern can die. Yes. And the whole Green Lantern Corps can die. They can mm-hmm. stay dead. Mm-hmm. And then there's this lone guy, who's young guy who's kind of, uh, who inherits this ring, Kyle Rayner. Yeah. And, and he's an artist, which was a big thing to me. He's That's not right. an artist, but he kind of feels like uh, he's, he's the new kid. And he's, mm-hmm. he's, playing, he's playing in the major leagues now. And he's, there's an expectation of him. And there's all these eyes on him at the same time because they don't trust him because mm-hmm. of the things how Jordan did. And then there's Wally West, who kind of grew up uh, Wally West uh, is who I named Wally my co-corgi after. Oh, uh, yeah. So, so while, you know, there's Wally who grew up in the superhero biz as Kid Flash and now mm-hmm. he's got this huge mantle to take over and he's kind of haunted by the legacy of his uncle mm-hmm. uh, in a way and like all that stuff was interesting to me. Morrison brought that together really well. Here comes Batman with his distrust Yes. Which mm-hmm. it like seemed very Batman. And then it was the most pure Superman as well. The, mm-hmm. uh, uh, I, I don't know. There's, there's, there's so much about every character. There's uh, mm-hmm. the brashness of Aquaman and his yes, uh, mm-hmm. entitlement. Um, and the way he and Wonder Woman clashed. And mm-hmm. it's just Superman being like, the perfect Superman. That, that, that really struck me. I felt, I think it was the first time I'd read Superman and it felt like, oh, this is, this is Superman. Like, mm-hmm. It just struck me. Yeah. And, uh, and, then, and then they went and made him electric blue Superman. Yes, which I, they yes. somehow made, which I loved actually. I okay. don't know why I loved it. I just <laughs> thought it was cool. And then yeah. they had that arc where they literally fought angels from heaven. And mm-hmm. it was like Superman wrestling an angel while while flash is just kind of stares at it like whoa <laughs> like, you know, like like this guy thought he couldn't live up to his own legacy and then uh, that was another thing is the superman question you know just having kind of imposter syndrome about being superman I mean, mm-hmm. but he's superman um a lot of that stuff really just resonated with me at i don't know 12 when <laughs> that's so you know and and uh I, I just really felt for that stuff and, and I stuck with it and it's, it's probably my favorite Justice League run. 
Um, but I've, I've been a, such a fan of a lot of other Justice League runs, like uh, Satellite Era stuff. And, oh, yes, yeah. Um, as well as uh, Giffen and DeMatteis and, and Kevin oh, yeah. Wire's run on JLI, I guess. Yes. <laughs> that's, all that stuff is hilarious to me. So, uh, yeah, I'm, kind of just stuck with me. But, but yeah, Morrison's Justice League run was what really got me to be a collector. And, um, wow, that's pretty yeah. cool. And then, um, so, and then how did, you know, you know, how did, what led you to decide to work in comics and go to the Joe Kubert school? I think it was just one of those things. Like I, as a kid, having these comics, I'd always see the ad for the Joe Kubert school in the back of books. And, um, you know, by the time I got to like junior high, high school, I think, uh, rock and roll and girls got in the way of reading <laughs> comics and what more. And then around the time I was 19, I, mm-hmm. I had a job that I was, uh, I was delivering newspapers all over Indiana. Mm-hmm. And it was just, uh, you know, it was a good gig and I got paid really well. So I was like, oh, I can afford comics again. Um, and I had done a year at Ball State University, which uh, is where David Letterman went to school. Oh, okay. uh, and I I didn't like it. I took an art class there. It's funny. I actually took a drawing class there that I failed. Mm-hmm. And that was just because I, uh, uh, and that came up in the Joe Kubert School interview. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I, I passed all the stuff I was supposed to pass, but I, I uh, again, was very much into being into my bands at the time. And mm-hmm. I, I missed classes and, you know, to go play shows and, uh, my attendance made me fail. Mm-hmm. Not, my, not my work, but <laughs> I guess it was my work ethic at the time. So um, anyway, I took a couple years off school and started collecting comics again. And I saw the ads. I saw the school still existed. It was just kind of one of yeah. these things I played with for a while. And I talked to my dad and I was like, hey, I, I think I want to make a run at this. And it was one of those things that he was, uh, my dad's a musician. Okay. And he uh he's awesome he's he's crazy like he's one of these guys that can pick up any instrument and play mm-hmm. and he has a uh, perfect pitch so like uh it does a lot of jazz stuff so so one of the things that is crazy about my dad is like you know if he's playing with somebody and they're like hey don like you know we usually play blue christmas we usually play it in d can you play it in f sharp mm-hmm Yes, and it's, and it's like that quick. He can compute it in his head without sheet music, and it's just all right. I can do like it's it's wild. Um, and I, I've played a little music myself over the years. Like I've been playing guitar since I was fifteen. I just mm-hmm. turned thirty six. I am awful at guitar, but my dad. It was just one of those things that never translated as well. Mm-hmm. He, my dad's great at uh, usually anything. Anyway, to bring it all back around my dad had a chance to go on tour when he was about my age at that time. It was, we were about the same age mm-hmm. uh, as I was making my decision on whether or not I was going to go to Cuba's school. Yes. He was like, well, I had, a, I had a chance to go on tour with this band that ended up doing pretty well. Mm-hmm. It chose to kind of play it safe. And he's like, that's kind of something I always wished I'd done. Mm-hmm. So if this is something you think you need to do, like I go for it. Let's, let's yeah. do it. Like, you yeah. know, I'll help you out. And so I, I moved back in with him uh, for a couple of months to get ready to go to school. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, uh, 
but, but and another one of the things besides besides seeing the ads in the comic books, I had I'd seen uh, I listened to an episode of Indie Spinner Rack, um, which uh, was a podcast oh, uh, wow. back in two thousand. Had to be. I think the interview I had listened to was like in two thousand six. Okay. But it was uh, this guy named Charlie Lagreca, who was the founder of uh, Denver Comic Con. Oh, okay. Um, but he he used to. He was a graduate of the Hubert School, and he was, uh, and he he did some work for Disney Magazine doing mm-hmm. a strip called The Hair Pair, mm-hmm. and uh, but he he hosted this podcast, and he went and interviewed Steve Bissett, who yes. was in the very first class of the Hubert School, and at the time Steve was running the Center for Cartoon Studies in Vermont, I believe, and so there. Charlie went to, t- to interview him about that, but they spent the whole interview talking about the Kubert School, and it just made me want to go there more. Yeah. So I reached out to Charlie as well, just to kind of be like, is this something I should do? And we became friends over that. Oh, and that's nice. Yeah, he's really sweet. He's a sweet guy. Um, and, you know, like those things combined, like cards just kind of lined up. I wasn't really doing the rock and roll thing anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was kind of phasing out a bit. And... Um, so I just uh, kind of packed up my life and moved to New Jersey. I got, I got accepted mm-hmm. to the school, and then I went out to New York Comic Con, the New York Comic Con, right before my semester started. And I got to meet uh, Adam, Andy, and Joe. Uh, wow. uh, so I, I went to went to the show. I'd never been to New York before. Never <laughs> been to a Comic Con of that size before. Yes. And I, it was right around the time Adam and Andy had left Marvel. Mm-hmm. went to dc mm-hmm. and uh andy was doing batman adam was doing action and they were signing at the dc booth and i i showed up at the signing too late to get in line because they capped the line mm-hmm. and so i just kind of waited on the outskirts of the line yeah just kind of like i didn't know where i was going to that show and i uh kind of bombarded adam and he was very sweet to talk to me at the time because <laughs> i was just kind of just lying in wait uh and he he directed me to where the school booth was and he was he, he was super cool uh, I went over there and I got to meet Andy and Joe as well and Joe sat down and talked with me and he I brought artwork for him to look at he looked at my portfolio and uh, he I, I went there because I wanted to be like I wanted to find out what I needed to work on before yeah. I get there so I could feel like I could have a little bit of a head start and you know he just took a took up what I was working on, or my pages, and he just kind of didn't say a word, silently put them up to his chest, mm-hmm. stacked them, put them yeah. in his lap, and he's like, you ain't get too much because you don't know what to leave in and what to leave out, and just, mm-hmm. you know, proceeded to just say all these things to me that I, I never had an honest critique like that, mm-hmm. um, and it was awesome. I yeah. loved it. And like he proceeded to just rip me apart, which is, I, I, I thrive on that. Uh, I might have another story about that later, but, um, okay, yeah. but uh, uh, from a different creator. Oh, but, okay. Yeah. <laughs> was, it, was it a good experience or, <laughs> no? Depends on how you look at it. I think uh, it's a good experience. I think okay. Good all right. Story. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But, um, I'll, I'll jump into that next, but, <clears throat> um, but then, you know, fast forward three years later uh, after, you know, and, and Joe says, you know, he's like, are you coming to the school? I'm like, yeah, I got, I got accepted. I'll be there in uh, September. And he's like, you're going to learn so much in your first month. It was, it was awesome. 
So fat, we, you get Joe third year, graduate mm -hmm. year, senior year. And fast forward to those three years, we're in his class and we get the five pages in a cover. Mm -hmm. yes. And uh, everyone's doing their stuff. My buddy Craig, who's also on Sue and the Boys, uh, he's, he gets his review first. Craig was always the good one in the class. He came, he came uh, to the school straight out of high school. Mm -hmm. So he was one of those kids that was just naturally good and has remained very good. Um, and then I was like 23 when I got to the school. So about this yeah. time turning 25, I think. And uh, anyway, Craig goes first, nails it. Joe loves him. Yeah. Uh, then I go second and same thing happened as the three years before we put everything up to his chest yeah didn't say a word yeah stacks it and then just goes this is some good stuff and i was like yeah. <laughs> it's a nice like full circle moment no. yeah it was, it was it was cool um but yeah joe, joe is the man uh so anyway, yeah it was it was one of the probably one of the best decisions i ever made like it, it's a lot of the stuff i probably could have learned Yes. Had I not gone to the school on my yeah. own, but I don't think I, I mean, I might still be learning had I not gone. Like, I, it's one of those things you do so much in such a concentrated amount of time that mm -hmm. you have no choice but to get better and to push yourself mm -hmm. each assignment. Yeah. Um, some people do push themselves, some people don't, but like, you know, I always try to, like, I think somewhere. And during my second year, mm -hmm. uh, obviously during first year, you're, you're pushing because you're trying your best. And yeah. You're trying these new things. The second year, you kind of know all the basics and you're like, okay, I know this stuff now. Mm -hmm. How can I take it a step further each time mm -hmm. I'm drawing? And that was uh, really when I started to like fly in second year. And that mm -hmm. third year, I was like, I felt like on, on another level. Mm hmm. And it's weird because, you know, 10 years later, I look back on that stuff. I'm like, oh, that was awful. But, mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah. at the time, I was, yeah. I was growing at such a crazy yeah. rate that uh -huh. it seems unreal. Yeah. But I mean, but it's incredible that literally to have, uh, you know, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, it's incredible to have Joe Kubert. Oh, yeah. The legendary Joe Kubert to kind of mentor you. It I mean, was you, nuts. It's, like, and it's, it's, it was unreal. Like, I mean, like, it, and it's, it's one of these things. I go to these shows and like, I, you know, now I go yeah. to these shows and I don't see celebrities. I don't get starstruck, but Joe was like, there he is. And um, it was funny. Cause like, you know, like I said, we had 10 classes a week and we're, we're all a bunch of dorks, you know, <laughs> like, we're all, we're, all com we're all comic nerds and like, you know, we're, we're trapped. Uh, the, the way the classes worked is we all stayed in the same place uh -huh. and the teachers came to us. So we oh, all okay. had desks and like a uh, morning class teacher would come in, afternoon class teacher would come in. Oh, okay. We stayed put unless we did like a life drawing or yeah. something else like that or the animation class first year we had. But for the most part, we were just in that room and, um, uh, you know, we were just joking around. And at this point, a lot of the teachers that we had recycled every year. So like, you know, there were some teachers we had second year that we had also had in first year. And oh, okay. Because we had in third year that we had had in second year. So we knew them already. So we're all 
goofing off and you know we mm-hmm. all have a rhythm but then joe comes in the room yeah and it's everyone's nope everyone's no one's joking around no one's yeah. it's it's serious business time yeah. it's it's when we get real and then it's funny we had we had uh so i had joe in the morning it was tuesdays we had joe so i had joe in the morning and then uh the afternoon is todd Doney, who's this incredible illustrator he mm-hmm. has a lot of landscape illustration and stuff he's he's awesome um but he's he's a big goof too so like he <laughs> he showed up uh and uh like for the afternoon class and we had also had him second year and a little uh-huh. bit first year so he showed up in the afternoon he's like heard what joe did to you guys so i'm gonna take it easy on you because <laughs> so like, you know we had nine other classes he's yeah, like, he, just, yeah. he just heard joe gave us a six-page assignment uh you know which includes the covers so Whew, he he luckily took it easy on us but he was just like yeah good luck with that you guys <laughs> 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 it's good well, stuff but Gavin thank you very much for sharing that incredible story about Joe yeah, Gruber yeah. and like you said it's a full circle because before you, you know you got accepted before you literally um the first day of school you went to you know see him at a convention to go hey what do I need to really improve, yeah. which was great. Yeah. And he just gave, he was just honest with you. Because yeah. that, because the, I, I, I only can imagine that the industries can be more, you know, he's just trying to prepare you for what's to come. Yeah. I, and I, I think that was, I mean, that's the whole purpose of the school is like, he was, he was very encouraging too. And that's, that's, that's really refreshing. Yeah especially in retrospect, now that I've been in the business a couple of years, and that mm-hmm. he, he was so encouraging. And, you know, anytime I look at someone else's portfolio, I try to remember that and try to just, uh, you know, if there's a, like a thirst for knowledge, I, I try to, yeah, you know, like, you know, like we all love this stuff. Yes. Like we don't, we all want to make this stuff because we love, like every, every buddy that, works in comics knows it's a labor of love you know Mm -hmm. get into this to get rich yeah so um yeah i think i think just uh having that positivity adding to it just Mm -hmm. hopefully helps make uh people like make their stories they always want to tell and stuff like that and uh you know i was very young at the time however that could have gone could have affected me in a big way and i it went very well and uh, it's a very vulnerable time. To, mm-hmm. It's a very, very vulnerable thing to just share your work with somebody. Generally. Yeah. And especially mm-hmm. at that age. And he uh, was super cool and willing to push me and guide me in the right direction. Um, yeah. And I, I, I hope I can do that for someone down mm-hmm. the road. But I also have to end it where it's nice to get that nice validation where he's third year he's looking at your stuff and you're kind of going oh my god oh my god is this the uh-huh. you know is this the convention yeah. scene thing again yeah it's it's it's, and a, it's a little mini nervous breakdown because yeah. at that point you're you've been there for a couple of years you should you should be uh ready you should and, and that's the thing it's it's first year you learn the basics second year you experiment which is like i said i did that's when i started pushing myself more in third year's portfolio year now it's time to get a job and he yeah. was lucky uh, you know Luckily, he liked my stuff. Mm-hmm. Joe, and Joe played favorites too. I, I won't get into that because that's no, like no, a yeah, whole story. Yeah. But like, it's it's like you know, like if you you knew knew if you were on Joe's good side. Yeah. 
<laughs> okay, so uh, <clears throat> so I'm going to continue on. Yeah. Um, Drew wants to know um, the um, Drew from um, the co-host of Comics for Fun and Profit. He just wanted to know, you know, what was and I, I'm not sure if you covered it in the beginning, but what was your real first paid professional job? Um, you know, like I said, I, I'd done some some album artwork here and there, and that was okay. And I did some stuff for a a local brewery, like some posters here and there. Oh, that's pretty but, cool. But I, I'd, I'd probably say, uh, probably Accelerators was my first big. Mm-hmm. regular paying gig um which i thought was it's it's i feel like i got lucky um mm-hmm. in a way because i had the connection of uh a friend of mine who worked in tv mm-hmm. happened to work with these guys that are in tv putting together their own comic book and mm-hmm. you know it started out when i took the job uh Man, I I got lucky in more ways than one as far as how how it all worked out for me because they hired me to do one issue. Oh, okay. Initially. And I ended up quitting my job, moving out of my place that I was in because I was living with friends and got my own apartment. Mm-hmm. And so I, I got my own apartment and I, you know, drastically changed my life again mm-hmm. uh, for comics. And it was just the one job. I don't know what I was thinking. But I'm I'm glad it worked out. But we, um, I did the one issue, and then like during the the first one, they're like, "Well, we're gonna pay you to do two issues, just in case." So you're getting two issues of work, and you know if we decide to go on after that, we'll let you know. Then it became, uh, "Hey, we're we're just gonna finish up this run. We're gonna do five issues." I'm like, "Oh, cool." Mm -hmm. Then somewhere. In the middle of that, it became, ah, oh, we're going to push this one more issue. So now it's going to be six issues. It was like, mm-hmm. cool, right on. Yeah. Then somewhere, uh, I, I was, I finished up and they're like, yeah, I think we're going to do, I think we're going to do 10 issues now. And I was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And then somewhere along the line, it's like, yeah, I think, I think we're going to do five volumes. So it's going to be 25 issues altogether. And I'm just like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. So we, d- you know, I, eventually did like i said we we were on a little break we haven't finished the 25 mm-hmm. uh, i actually just had dinner with those guys a couple nights ago they were mm-hmm. they happened to be in indianapolis mm-hmm. uh, for a job and i met up with them i hadn't seen them in about three years mm-hmm. um and we kind of talked about what the future of accelerators is no pun intended because it's time travel but <laughs> um, <laughs> um and like it, it's it's funny. Like I've been working with these guys since I was about twenty five, twenty six, and uh, I just turned thirty six, and you know we're still working, talking together, uh, talking about working together. Um, but these, uh, they were they were my first real big break, mm-hmm. which led to kind of steamrolled into everything else. Mm-hmm. I feel, but like, but also Human City was responsible for my first gig. It's responsible for almost every job I've ever had. Mm-hmm. In one way or another. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, sorry, Gavin. I'm going to continue. I know I told you this was going to be an hour. I, think I got time. We're okay. I, right. I, I do have to take my wife to work in about an hour. Okay. So oh, well, we can go. We can keep going as long as you want. No, we're gonna. We'll be done. You know, before that. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Um. So now everything leads up to Star Trek 
the mirror wars yeah can, may i ask can you tell the listeners what is the premise of this um now correct me if i'm wrong it's an eight issue limited series right yes yeah, short okay. answer is yes uh it's yeah. it's, it's a year-long event oh, okay so the zero issue came out a couple of weeks ago yes um and then the, uh, there's a zero issue, eight issues of the main series, and uh -huh. then four tie-ins. And I'm doing the eight issues. Okay. Uh, the four tie-ins, I'm not sure. I think it's yeah. a different team for each of the tie-ins. So yeah. I, don't, I don't know who's on those. But um, altogether, it'll be like a 13-issue chunk. But with the, the eight issues kind of being the main mm -hmm. uh, story. And it's funny, I can't tell you everything. Not, not just because of like, you know, script and, and oh, no. stuff. Because like, I don't know. <laughs> like, but 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 i do know like you know it's kind of got the premise it's it's the mirror world there's been three or four uh volumes of stuff that the yes. titans have established with the, mm -hmm. the mirror world and uh it's continuing on that path of i don't know if you heard that my Corey's oh, right. going nuts yeah <laughs> um, Corey going no you're spoiling it already you're telling yeah, too much right? just, no, just, yeah. just 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 just, just say Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put her into a Starfleet uniform and throw her in the. Back. I'll probably get in trouble for that. Um, so okay, so it's, um, it's we're it's, in the mirror universe. It's, yeah, it's, instead of you know, discovering new world life and worlds, it's out like you know, destroying and conquering new yeah. worlds, and it's yeah. fun. Um, you know, it's it's the characters we all know and love, and they're kind of getting into like everything I've drawn so far. Mm -hmm. like there, there's a through story happening but everything okay. kind of feels like the next gen show where it's all kind of one shots yeah um, almost where it's like okay here's the adventure in this issue this mm -hmm. is what we do uh here's our mission on this yeah for this issue but there is a through line coming i'm not even totally sure what what the through line is no. mm -hmm. uh the, the titchen boys are wild and they they've got they've got it all figured out um mm -hmm. uh, i've tried to get him to share as much of me as possible but like we want to keep surprising you and yeah uh like they told me one thing recently which i i've already drawn it but they told me what was happening because like, i'm working on issue three right now mm -hmm. and uh they told me it was something that was going to happen in issue three and i just started laughing like mm -hmm. at that i was just like what that's insane oh, mm -hmm. okay bring it on like <laughs> the craziness coming um and like then they'll do that to me every time I finish an issue. I, I hit them up and I'm like, hey, what's next? And they're like, oh, we got, I was like, well, what's coming up down the road? I just yeah. kind of want to know. And they're like, oh, we got this, 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 this crazy thing. And someone blows this thing up. And like, I'm like, what? what? And they're like, yeah, that's just history four. And I'm like, that sounds like a whole run. Yeah. Um, so they're, they're putting me to work. It's a lot of stuff they have to do with this book. So I'm going to ask you. Um, yeah. You know, how big of a Star Trek fan are you? <laughs> that's, that's kind of, that's what the Tiptons asked me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. So it's funny. I, they, they said like on a scale of one to 10, how big of a, how, what's your Star Trek knowledge? And I told them maybe a two. Yeah. And that's because I kind of knew their names at the time. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, and it's one of those things. I was very casual with my Star Trek watches. It's one of those things like I've never disliked. And kind yeah. of when you brought up like anime, and manga before like it's not one of those things i dislike yeah it just hasn't been in my uh world i guess yeah and um 
but every once in a while I'd watch Trek and I'd watch through some of the original series and every once in a while Next Gen would be on mm-hmm. and I'd, I'd watch it and I'd have a good time with it. Like, uh, and um, I'd actually watched a little bit more of the original series more. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, when I found out I was up for uh, Star Trek, I, yeah. I dove into it hard. And I, okay. I, I literally, right before this interview, I just uh, finished up All Good Things, so the last episode of, oh, yeah. of season seven. So yeah. I finally watched all of the series. I need to watch the movies now, and then Voyager and Deep Space Nine, because mm-hmm. uh, some of that stuff uh, I need to know. No, spoil- mm-hmm. no spoilers, but I need to know some of that oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. But um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I love, I loved it. Now, now I'm in. Mm-hmm. I'm all in. It's, yeah. I'm, I'm having a great time with it, yeah. and I think it's one of those things that I don't know if I would have appreciated when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now that I, I'm a little older, uh, I, I I do like it now. Like I was watching, uh, like just this morning, uh, like when when I watch something, like I'm at my desk, my own hand, my mm-hmm. desk. I don't know if you can tell. Oh but, yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, when I I have a TV right up here. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if this is going to be video for your viewers. Oh, no, it's not a video. It's audio, but okay. anyway. But, but anyway, okay, so mm-hmm. uh, the way the way we're talking right now, my desk is to my right. Yes. Uh, for, for the listeners. And then above my desk is a TV I have mounted to the wall. Mm-hmm. And so I run cord from my computer to my TV so I can watch stuff. And when yeah. I watch stuff, I'm usually like this. So I have my yeah. head down, and usually I'm watching something where I can, where I know the characters. So yeah. Star Trek has been great for this though. Once I get to know the characters, I can watch without watching. So I can yeah. watch an no, yeah. episode of The Simpsons, Family Guy, or Arrested Development, or yes. something like that, like where it's very iconic, memorable, unique characters. And I can, you know, fill in the blanks in my mm-hmm. noggin. But um, like this morning I was watching like What If, uh, the, the Marvel show. Mm-hmm. And I was watching the new one, uh, which is, the, the the last two I was watching, okay. Conan, so I watched the uh, what if Killmonger saved Tony Stark and what if oh, okay. Thor was an only child, those episodes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I found them hard to watch. Uh-huh. And like, you know, and, I, and like, I had actually like look up and see yeah. what was going on. But a lot of it's just like, choo, choo, choo. <laughs> and <laughs> instead of, you know, like I, I didn't get a through line of what was going on with the story but with star trek it's so unique where it's like real people talking mm-hmm. and maybe i don't understand all their space and sciencey lingo all the time mm-hmm. but the story is there and it's them solving problems diplomatically yes uh which i love mm-hmm. um and it, it just resonates for me more and I, I i think it maybe i uh i'm kind of glad because I don't know if I would have been ready for that when mm-hmm. I was younger, yeah. and I probably wouldn't have the appreciation I have for it now, having having watched it fresh. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, um, I, I'm I'm all in. I need to go back and watch all the original series as well as, like I said, Voyager and Deep Space Nine and the, mm-hmm. the next gen movies. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a little bit of what happens in one of the next gen movies spoiled for me because in on page one, episode one, mm-hmm. I have to draw, and this isn't a spoiler, I don't think, uh, but Picard goes to a casino on page one. 
mm -hmm. on Earth. Yes. And they have him dress up in a tuxedo and the reference says, <laughs> so like, you know, from, yes. from, uh, First contact. Riker, yes, from the first contact wedding. Yeah. Yeah. So they want they wanted like a, a black version of that tux. Oh yeah. that is nice. Yeah. So um <clears throat> yeah, very James Bondy scene in the very yes. first mm -hmm. couple pages of uh Mirror War. Oh that's pretty cool. That's no, I can't wait for that. Get. I can't wait for that first issue. <laughs> it's 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 a blast. Uh Pun intended. Um, there's there's a lot of uh, a lot of very cool scenes and like and like I said, these guys, these the Tiptons. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, oh, let me first just praise uh, Charlie Kirchhoff, who's coloring the book. Okay. No notes. For when I got the book back, like yeah. I was like, oh, this looks great. No notes. I'll turn it in. Like I, I never do that. Mm -hmm. um, usually, I have a couple of things to say. Charlie yeah. nailed it. Um, and but but yeah. Scott and David, they're they're keeping me on my toes, and like, like I said, I don't I don't have that much as much Star Trek knowledge, especially those guys. Now that I watched everything, mm -hmm. it's funny how my bridge becomes mm -hmm. more accurate in issue two, and yes. it will be in issue three mm -hmm. uh, because I'm just getting to know it better. Um, but that but they're they're feeding me all these cool things like uh, uh, like a certain there's a couple of Cardassian space stations that show up. Yes, and mm -hmm. I would. Uh, in, in these issues and I was like I don't does this one even exist is there actual like yeah. reference for it and they're like not really but here's something from like the uh, the series guidebook that you can oh use. yeah and, like they, they, they have all sorts of stuff like that ready for me like at yeah. the moment's notice so mm -hmm. they're great collaborators yeah yeah it's incredible because I um no I know what you mean because like back in oh god in the 70s and yeah. i had the book mm -hmm. okay yes i i am i am old <laughs> because i remember i bought that book but i mean it was like and it was from the original series where they would have and i don't and it was like you i bought it from a bookstore it wasn't you know like a regular bookstore not not some used bookstore some you, you, this right. was like professionally made and I'm going, and then you would see, oh, this is the, um, from, and they would make these ships up from the original series. Like, this is the Dreadnought class. Right, right. And it's like, this looks cool, but we would never see it, you know, on screen or uh -huh. it's just, and they had so many variations of sh ship designs. Yeah, but I, I, I know what you mean when you said, <laughs> yeah. when the Tiptons go, oh, yeah, the Cardassian spaceship, uh, no, yeah, they yeah. really show up on these space now, but we'll show you this source book that someone did, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, there's a couple of things that show up that I'm going to need for later. They're, they're very good about getting me everything I need for, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, and um, try to think what else. Uh not spoiling too much i don't know yeah like just like certain klingon ships and stuff like that and the bridges mm -hmm. and they they've just been great they're they're at the drop of a hat like we have a group chat going and they're just like here you go reference yeah. reference reference just drop this and sometimes they give me room to <laughs> sometimes they give me room because yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of panels and a lot of dialogue mm -hmm. Star Trek they talk a lot yeah, but, uh, yeah, like, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes I have room to play and they've been very happy especially in the action scenes I tend to play a lot more mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. yeah. 
which is kind of my go-to, uh, especially uh, in Dead Legends, which I'm sure we're about to get to. But, oh, yes. Yeah. So I'm going to ask, you know, now I'm going to, uh, before I ask the question, I just wanted to say like, you know, I know I, you know, I know I have some idea like with licensed properties where studios have to give you notes on how to change things. Like I, I know in the yeah. podcast that I listened to that, I think you got to know saying that, oh, Jordy's too tall, you know? Right, so. right. But I want to ask you this question is, have you gotten notes that praised you for something unique in Star Trek? Because since you're... Yeah, yeah. You know, because that's what I want to hear. Like, did yeah. like, like, so, can, so, can you yeah, share that or... Yeah, yeah. There's... Uh, um, two, two things pop off the top of my head. Um, uh, Megan, who's my, my editor, Megan Brown at IDW, she's fantastic. Mm -hmm. She's, uh, she's great. She, she's been just such a pleasure to work with. And she, every email she sends me is like, she's excited, which mm -hmm. in turn makes me excited. Yes. Transfer the excitement to the page. Um, and uh, she she's all about everything. The the notes usually come from the licensors from Trek. Yeah. So she'll say, you know, like she's like, hey, they think Jordy's too tall. This is who's tallest in order. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Advantage of these things. And um, but they specifically have been very happy with the way I've been doing Klingon stuff, which is great oh, to know. Nice. Yeah. And then there's a page with Guinan on it mm -hmm. that they. I I think there's there's a, a drawing of Guinan on the one page she's on in issue one mm -hmm. that I think is the best drawing in the book. It's just of you know Whoopi Goldberg's face. Yeah. But um, it's it's I for some reason knocked that one out of the park, and I mm -hmm. I knew it when I did it. I was like, oh, that's a good drawing. And yeah. They, and then that came back in the notes. They're like, wow, your Guinan here is awesome. And I was like, mm -hmm. cool. Okay. I was hoping you guys would think that. Um. So Guinan is very fun to draw. Um, I hope like she shows up more. I'm sure she will. Mm -hmm. But um, I've only drawn her once so far. Mm -hmm. That's kind of a spoiler. But she shows up once. I've only drawn her once. Mm -hmm. She doesn't die. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, like the, the, those. Those are the big ones, I think. Mm -hmm. But like, you, they're pretty happy. Like, like the notes they give me are easy notes, and it's just like little things. It's, oh, okay. And and it's really nice and kind of refreshing. Um, uh, working with a client like star trek and idw and they're mm -hmm. very easygoing on the notes um and it's it's funny the bigger the company i tend to work with the, the, the easier the notes tend to be it's really <laughs> funny um uh and so yeah, yeah nothing nothing crazy harsh like like a lot of people tell me sometimes licensors are hard to deal with i yeah that's not been my experience so uh, I'm grateful for that. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, when you got this um, job to do the Star Trek series, yeah. You know, did any of your artist friends who are big Star Trek fans did you did they give you a hard time? Did they go, <laughs> "Why you?" No, no. I. No. <laughs> yeah. no, it's it's it, it was. Uh, no, it was more of, and this and this is what I think was what's great about my friends. Uh, I, I have a lot of very good friends in this business and, and I feel like, uh, you know, I've had some people tell me, you know, kind of recently, it's like, wow, I wish I had more close friends in this business. And it was one of my close friends in this business. Mm -hmm. 
he'd been he's been in the business about twice as long as I have, mm-hmm. and that uh, he, all my close friends that I have in this business, instead of it, instead of why not why you, it was more like it's about time. Yeah. Oh, that's so, cool. so which I thought was cool. Like that's nice. It, it, it was it was more like you're you're I don't want to say uh I want to say I deserved it no. but I think they felt like it was overdue yes like it's yeah. like you you need like it's about time you got something on this level yes mm-hmm. uh because like I said I've been in this business for 10 years and mm-hmm. while I've been working yeah. a lot of independent stuff um and like I've had some brushes with some big gigs. Yeah. A lot of it kind of has an asterisk by it. Mm-hmm. Like I, um, you know, I think I think maybe heavy metal was the first thing that was a very big accomplishment that doesn't yeah. really have an asterisk by it. Like, you know, like there's the accelerator is kind of an indie book, and that's four volumes is a great accomplishment. Mm-hmm. Dead Legends has two volumes. Again, it's an indie book, which is a mm-hmm. great accomplishment. We're gonna do a third volume as well. Oh, okay. Um, which I think answers one of your later questions. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, but, yeah, that's fine. But, that's fine. But um, uh, you know, I I've worked with Mark Wade, who's one of my childhood uh, comic writer heroes, but for an anthology, yeah. you know. And I I worked with Dan Harmon for uh, mm-hmm. a book that didn't really get a lot of press, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, I worked on Ghost in the Shell. Yes. as a one story you know mm-hmm. it was like it was one story i was like kind of technically like a third of a story because mm-hmm. i was a i was kind of a fill-in guy mm-hmm. and in the book i'm credited as an inker an assistant inker inking assistant specifically mm-hmm. but like you know I, I did a third of the story we're in you know so like there, there's a lot of these like little asterisks here and there yeah. and it's it's nice to have this one big mm-hmm. uh gig like star yeah. trek that is not like that that is in my hands and i think i'm very capable of delivering so um yeah i like there there was no uh you know maybe maybe there are some people out there that are like why him oh. and i'm sure it's out there and i yeah. you know what that's fine yeah. um um i i've not i've always tried to put out some pretty good vibes yeah. in oh, this yeah. business. So, yeah. like, you know, that's, uh, I, you know, if there's negative people out there no. that oh, uh, oh, against no. me having this, that, yeah. that's that's their problem. Oh, no, no. I'm yeah. sorry, Gavin. Sorry, I didn't mean... No, I, I, no, meant, no. I meant I meant that were your friends kind of poking fun oh, at you? Oh, like, because they, they're, they're more bigger Star Trek fans. Or, or, or yeah, yeah, like, why you, man? <laughs> and you know, they'd be joking around, like, you know. Not, make not make sure really. when, you, when you drop a card, make sure he has hair. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, full no, head of hair. Okay, not, <laughs> yeah. not really, but like it's funny. Um, I, I went, like I said, I went out to dinner with uh, my editor and one of the guys, with, um, the other guys with Blue Juice Comics. So two other guys the other night, and they're the accelerators people. Yeah, and they're big Star Trek fans. So they're grilling me, and I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> you know like, like, like I said, like I haven't finished everything yet. And, uh, so like, there, there's. There's some, some stuff here and there that, like, I'm sure fans are going to get on me for. And, you know, I I, <laughs> I may put this out as a disclaimer. Like, anything that you think I got wrong, yeah, I can counter with. Ah, it's the mirror universe. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. 
Yeah, that's what it is. The mirror universe, man. Yeah, Come it's on. Fine. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> but but also, I think it's a good stuff. It's a good book, and it fits, I think it fits my style. Like I don't know if uh, I, I tend to get a little more gritty with my with my work. So like uh, I don't know. I think I think this is just the right book, the right time. Yes. Like, uh, I. I've been talking with IDW for a couple of years, um, mm -hmm. whether it's Megan Brown or Didn't Tipton before her, and sometimes Bobby Kernow. Just mm -hmm. like uh, nothing ever seemed to like line up. Like I had a couple of like almost at mm -hmm. IDW, um, but the it showed up and like Trek wasn't on my, again. Trek wasn't on my radar, mm -hmm. and but the offer came up, and it's such a cool offer. I couldn't say no. And, oh yeah. Um, I'm I'm very grateful because I th I think this is going to be. I, I think this is going to be a great series yes. in general, from what I've read. And, yes. And and I think um, it's going to be definitely be the largest audience that's ever been exposed to my work. Yeah. Um, and especially with it being on the cover of previews. Uh, yes. Back in July, and yeah. that was wild, mm -hmm. or June, or August. I forget which. I have it over there, but it's, uh, but yeah, that, that, that was a shock to me too. And I, when I saw that, I was like, oh, this is, this is going to be kind of a big deal. I think. <laughs> and it has, has, I don't know if it's like, it's, I'm still in that. Uh, I don't almost don't believe it yet, but, and, um, yeah, but when it hits, I'm, I'm excited to see what people think of it. But I'm going to say, Gavin, you know, um, um, it's nice I'm going to be, and I'm, I'm not, let, just hear me out. Sorry. Sure. I, I'm a long time, I'm a long time Star Trek fan, but uh -huh. it's nice to see, um, it's nice to see a fresh perspective. Mm -hmm. You know, that's why, you know, I'm, you know, because I saw some of your tweets that you, you know, you tweeted out some, I think it's one or two pounds that of course it wasn't spoilery or anything, but it's mm -hmm. nice to see, but it's nice to see a fresh voice in the Star Trek universe, especially in the comic books. Yeah. Because it'll be, it's nice to, it's, for me, it's nice to see. Yeah. Know? Yeah. So, you know, I, that's what, I, you know. I, I appreciate that. And I hope, uh, yeah, I, I hope it brings some of the, you know, the older fans, the, the people have, that this has been with, with them their entire lives. I, I, I hope. I hope I do it justice for them. Um, yeah. But like I said, mirror universe. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going to continue on because I'm going to, because I, I got to try to wrap you up because I have to make sure that you take your wife to war soon. So, yeah, okay. Yeah. Let's move to um, de um, dead legends and yeah. we're talking dead legends, um, volume one and volume two. So for yeah. the listeners, can you tell us what is the premise for the series? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the gist of it is, uh, our main character, Yan, uh, she enters this martial arts tournament, the Dead Legends tournament, to get revenge against Blind Tiger, the man who killed her husband. Mm -hmm. But she can't just straight up kill him. She has to run the brackets of the tournament to get mm -hmm. to him. But during the course of the tournament, she finds out she's a couple months pregnant with her now dead husband's kid. Mm -hmm. So now she's fighting for two. Mm -hmm. Um, that's, that's the premise of volume one we also have this champion named damon who uh, yes. imagine deem imagine like jean-claude van damme in blood sport imagine he won the tournament at a very very young age but then oh. 20 years later he's in his late 30s 
and he's still there and he's still champion. He's yes. unbeatable. Mm -hmm. And he just wants out. Um, and then we have uh, Red Death. Um, yes. This female assassin who was there kind of under mysterious circumstances. She was delivered. Uh, uh, she, she has a mission going into the tournament uh, that I don't want to disclose no, yeah. for spoilery reasons, but um, it's uh, her, her motives are questionable. And then she starts to, for the first time in her career, starts to question her mission. Mm -hmm. that. So uh, that's, that's kind of the, the premise of volume one. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Blind Tiger is the best villain I have ever come up with. I love Blind Tiger. Um, and uh, he's, he's got a pretty cool role mm -hmm. as well and his own reasons for uh, wanting to win the tournament. But, uh, and uh, then we jump into volume two uh, where it's, our gang is on the run. That's the most mm -hmm. I can say without spoiling. Okay. But like it's it's our gang on the run, and uh, our main cast of characters, um, kind of avoiding uh, the fallout of what happens in Volume One. Okay. And dealing with yeah. those consequences, and until they can't run anymore, mm -hmm. and what happens then? Um, and man, what a ride it's been! It's been fun. We just put out uh, issue four. Yes. I, guess, I think I said earlier. Mm -hmm. yesterday on comic Collins because the deal with dead legends has been we put out the issue one in mm -hmm. print, and then we do issues two three four and five digitally mm -hmm. they come out of comiXology or mm -hmm. uh whatever digital comics platform you have uh but comiXology is usually where people get it um and then uh we put out the trade yes at, right immediately after the mm -hmm. fifth issue comes out about two weeks after so, uh, like I said, the fourth issue of Volume 2 just came out. Uh, first issue came out August 11th, every two weeks since then. Mm -hmm. Issue 4, uh, we did a silent issue in Volume 1. Oh. And then we did it again, this issue 4. Mm -hmm. So, and this is, this issue, probably the best comic that James and I have done together. Okay. Um, and it's it just comes together very well. It's uh, J James and I have a very unique way of working together. I think um, mm -hmm. we we're very good friends. Mm -hmm. um, you know, James was in my wedding. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, we met as comic creators at conventions, and he's grown to become one of my best friends. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, when we were coming up with Dead Legends together, uh, we had been trying to work together on a couple other things. I, I won't get into that because it's kind of not great. But mm -hmm. uh, the gist of it is we got burned a little mm -hmm. bit and that stung. So we were, we, the idea was we would, we were trying to hitch our wagon to something else to elevate us. And we, mm -hmm. we just don't know why. It's another one of those asterisks that mm -hmm. I was speaking of earlier that was like that. Like, why, why are we doing this when we can just, we know we can make something good ourselves. Let's just yeah. do it. And mm -hmm. so I'd always wanted to do a martial arts story. Mm -hmm. uh, James wasn't as ingrained into that as I 
was because I grew up watching a lot of kung fu movies and stuff and martial arts stuff and uh so I I told him I wanted to do that and I you know went over to his place when he was still living in West Virginia and I brought a bunch of movies with me we we stayed up late watching movies before we had to drive to Heroes Con and then back from Heroes Con (laughs) yeah we came came back to his house and we watched more movies and then I went home um I was just like, we're stealing this, we're taking this, we're taking that, we're flipping it on yeah. it, and we're doing like, you know, like stuff like that. And then I had my own ideas that I was bringing to it. Like I, I've had Blind Tiger in my back pocket for a long time. Uh huh. Um, and when when James and I started talking about this, I was like, we're using him. And uh, we, it, it's the truest collaboration I've ever been a part of. Mm-hmm. Um, and no, no offense to any of my other collaborators. No, but it's, really. like, it's but like the Dead Legends is purely James and my story. Mm-hmm. Like we, it's us getting to let loose, and really with the chains off. Like you know, um, even though Star Trek hasn't been that bad mm-hmm. you know, as far as like you know, telling me no and pulling things back. There, we don't have those limits. We can do whatever we want. We can do yeah. crazy. And so, and maybe there should be someone to James is the only one that tells me no when it comes <laughs> to that because sometimes I have um, batshit crazy ideas and he's yeah. just sort of like <laughs> he's just like no 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 we can't do that because that messes with this and I'm like all right but, uh, <laughs> um, uh, like he's like Gavin you can't just kill everybody <laughs> like all right fine so uh, but but we, we we were doing the initial pitch I think I started this part. <laughs> I'm getting back to it. We we put together the initial eight pages. Mm-hmm. We're pitching it around, and James had a very choreographed fight scene that almost oh. felt robotic. Okay. And I was like, and I I got it, and I was like, no, let me. And I just I I just kind of took the suggestion of what his fight was, and I made it my own and I made a like really cool opening mm-hmm. fight scene and uh like I was just like this is how we work together now like you know we yeah. you tell you tell me locations you tell me who says what you tell mm-hmm. me the scene what what everyone's doing but like let me do all the fight stuff because I think yeah. I've got it so the issue that just came out yesterday uh it's a silent issue and it's a fight issue and it's between three different gangs mm-hmm. fighting at an abandoned uh hotel that's oh. all i'll say about it but mm-hmm. like it's it's chaos and uh-huh. i was like and and one of the and the way we did it in the volume one is just a one-on-one fight and it's mm-hmm. all silent but the one-on-one fight takes place throughout the whole issue mm-hmm. and so um that script was just like bullet points. It's just like, all right, you're choreographing this whole fight. This yeah. is on you. Here's what the first two pages are. Then we start the fight. Then it's on you. But like, I need you to hit this bullet point at some point, and I need you to hit this bullet point. Mm-hmm. And this is the last page. And I'm like, okay, I can do that. And I did. Yeah. And then for this one, it was, it was it's a lot more in depth because it's three gangs, mm-hmm. it's, it's hotel, there's different locations, yes. changes. So the script was a little bit more in depth, but not much. There was no panel breakdown at all. It was just like, so-and-so encounters this person. Okay, uh-huh. then this happens. Then, okay, this guy comes in. Then, like, it's like, it's all got to make sense. But, like, all the action, all the fighting, all the timing and pacing stuff, mm-hmm. that's my responsibility for Yeah. It. So I, I was more of a co-writer 
mm -hmm. yeah. silent issues. Um, and I like to think that it's, you know, it's, it's funny because like we do some interviews and some uh, write-up interviews and a lot of people will give uh, James credit mm -hmm. for oh, yeah, no, yeah. my ideas. But then sometimes they'll give me credit for yeah. art ideas he thought of. And mm -hmm. it's, 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 it's a give and take and like, yeah. that's okay. But at the end of the day, it's ours. And we, it's, uh, this is, this is the project that we've loved doing. It's our yes. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, uh, we are definitely going to do a volume three. Mm -hmm. Um, we, uh, talked with Tyler from Away Blue World and he yes. committed to wanting to do a volume three and, uh, volume three, the, you know, we've been saving some stuff mm -hmm. that we're going to go nuts on. Volume three is going to go wild. Okay. Like, I, I, I really can't wait for people to read all of two. Mm -hmm. uh, get excited because like three gets even crazier. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're going to have a blast. Yeah. Um, that's all I can say about that right now. And obviously nothing's... The, the, the James turned in to me the first two scripts mm -hmm. they're good they're uh, really good so <laughs> i'm um gavin i'm going to go off the cuff and i'm going yeah. to slowly start winding down i see you have is that nunchucks on your hand the door handle there yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're foam ones i actually oh. found them okay uh at a convention <laughs> when um yeah. We were packing up and leaving, and someone had them, and I was like, "Sweet!" And I just picked them up, and like they yeah. were like someone left them on the floor, and I was like, "Oh my god, they're mine!" <laughs> so, so it's funny. James and I did when when we first started Dead Legends, we had we had a Kickstarter for it, and when okay, uh, away away Blue World, I actually just watched the Kickstarter video yesterday. That's why I bring it up. But like uh, when Away Blue World picked us up, yeah, uh, we canceled the Kickstarter because we wanted as much time as we could to finish. Yes, it, oh to do yeah. It right. And uh, there's, when we were doing the video, uh, we, <laughs> there's some goofy fight scenes uh, that we did in the video. It was just me and James who were talking about, like, yeah. we got into, like, a fake fight in the beginning of the video uh, where, like, I've just beat him down with nunchucks. And then at the uh -huh. end of the video, we, we do, we go through our Kickstarter video, give our presentation, show some yeah. art, then we roll the credits. And then there's a cut scene at the end of it where James is choking me out and I like we're in this room and I yeah. and then Chuck's and I'm just go like I'm hitting him from head <laughs> while we're screaming at each other. <laughs> it's uh it's still yeah. They don't hurt, but they're fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they look good. And if I need them for reference I have them. <laughs> yeah that's true too. All right. <clears throat> now before I start because I'm gonna start wrapping up. So right. listeners, you know if you guys get a chance Dead Legends Volume 1 is out. The trade paperback is out. It's in bookstores. Go to your comic shops, order it. I read the first issue. I loved it. It, it, it was pretty wild. It's pretty wild. I love it. So I can't wait to read the rest of the story. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going to jump into the fun questions. Okay. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, your, favorite, your two favorite characters are Daredevil and Hellblazer. Is that correct? There are two of them, yes. I, um, yeah, they're they're up there. I, I've always wanted to run with both of those characters. Um, mm -hmm. So hopefully one day. Yeah. So we'll have you ever, on your off time, you ever 
drew them together because that'd be some incredible crossover. It, it would be one of those unexpected yeah. crossovers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I have not. Um, maybe one day. Mm -hmm. um, I've, I've drawn them separately before and always had fun. Like, I actually get requests for John Constantine a lot when I'm at conventions. Yeah. So um, I, I think I did one about a month ago. Mm -hmm. uh, I have a Daredevil. Uh, yeah, I did Daredevil one recently too, actually, about a year mm -hmm. ago. When the pandemic started, I was getting a lot of commissions and I did a Daredevil one that I, I think turned out really nice, has Electra in it as well. So, mm -hmm. yeah. All right. Um, let's see. Have you and your wife been to Hawaii? We have not. That is something that we would probably like to do because I'm because uh, I'm about three years late to my honeymoon. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> so we're, we're, we're actually kind of planning uh, what our honeymoon will be. Uh-huh. Uh, because after Star Trek. Yes. So that we're, I'm going to take a little time off after I get finished with Star Trek and before I jump into Dead Legends 3 to mm -hmm. hopefully have a honeymoon. And okay. who knows, Hawaii might make the, make, might make the cut. <laughs> okay. All right. So now, listeners, we have come literally towards the end of the interview and Gavin is going to talk about his brief encounter with a Victoria Secrets angel. Yes. <laughs> Gavin, take it away. All right. So uh, as I mentioned before, I worked in TV and one of the seasons I worked on was Project Runway. Um, so I was the overnight production assistant, which meant um, the contestants at the time would spend all day at Parsons working and they'd come back and I'd be the guy that did their laundry and got their grocery shop for them and all this stuff. And they had, uh, but, but we also took away all their cell phones, their money, mm. their wallets, their ID, credit cards, all that stuff. And they, they had access to none of it because Project Runway is such a uh, big deal that they couldn't have people spoiling it. So mm -hmm. we tried to keep that under containment as much as possible. All they had were these little burner phones to so I was the overnight guy and I got to call people in case there were emergencies and stuff like that. Um, but uh, uh, after the first like half of it, they send the contestants home for fashion week. They have to build mm -hmm. their outfits and come back. And, um, uh, one of the contestants I think is actually from Hawaii. That was oh, okay. Ari South, I believe is her name. Um, she used to go by Andy South, Ari South, I believe is their name now. So, um, anyway, they sent all the contestants home. They come back, and I went home, came home to Indiana to just kind of hang out with some friends. And it was right before my third year at Hubert School started. Mm -hmm. So, um, they called me and said, Hey, we need you to come back to New York to help out for the finish. And I was like, Okay, no problem. So, I, I drove back to New York. And I hadn't seen the contestants. At this point, I'd become friends with all of them because I'd mm -hmm. done a lot of stuff for them. And I, like I said, I hadn't seen them about a month or whatever, maybe a couple of weeks. And I went looking for them. And mm -hmm. I'm in Parsons. And I'm not where I'm supposed to be. But uh, kind of the, the <laughs> what happens when you're a production assistant is you're kind of around. And mm -hmm. if somebody sees you, and that's got a better job than you. <laughs> they'll they'll basically say, "Hey, go do this." And like, mm -hmm. I need you to do this for me. But I mean, if you're kind of out of sight, you're out of mind. So mm -hmm. they don't they don't really know unless you're uh, become well known. But it was one of those days that I was out of sight, out of mind. 
mm-hmm. I was in it. I was uh, not in my normal production assistant place. So like not a lot of people knew me. So I'm goofing off and I probably shouldn't have been, but whatever. Um, and I'm looking for the contestants and I go up to where they film and I can't find them. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the main sewing room, and I, they're not there. So I'm like, all right, well, I guess I'll just go back downstairs where I'm supposed to be. So I'm waiting on the elevator. And the elevator dings, opens up, and dead center is Heidi Klum. Mm-hmm. And she's just outrageously gorgeous in mm-hmm. real life. Um, it's it's not even real. Like like I, I didn't people think I didn't think people were that good looking in person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's wild. So I just kind of step out of the way, let her walk by, and about 10 cronies like her like mm-hmm. following her and at the end of it is my boss and I'm just kind of watching like this clown car of people coming out of the elevator <laughs> and then my boss is at the very end and he just kind of gives me this look like yeah I know this is pretty ridiculous go back to where you're supposed to be <laughs> I'm like all right cool so I, I go back downstairs and about an hour passes and I'm having lunch mm-hmm. and I'm sitting there uh, there's this falafel pl- place across from Parsons I forget what it's called but it's but it's right on the corner. There's the Midtown Comics, which is okay. across the street from Parsons. Uh-huh. So it's, it's a nice little place. So I'd go to the Midtown after work. Yeah. And then get some falafels. A nice little like triangle of stuff I could do right there. Yeah. Uh, it's at like 42nd and 7th. Um, and uh, oh, I can't remember the falafel. Anyway, that's not important. Um, so I was, but, I, but I had a falafel. <laughs> and I'm sitting there and I'm eating lunch with my friend. And we're sitting side by side at this table. And Heidi Klum comes back down the elevator. Mm-hmm. Now she's only got two cronies. Yeah. Um, and I don't know what happened to the other ones. But, uh, and I'm sitting there eating, and she's still arguing with all these guys. Like she was oh. arguing with something when she initially came off the elevator. She's talking about something there. Everyone's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Even like, so she's arguing with these two guys coming off the elevator again. And then she just looks at me and my friend. And she goes, you guys agree with me, right? And I got a mouthful of food. And I'm just like, <laughs> I just kind of let it like that. That was the last I saw of her. Um, I had a couple interesting interactions with Tim Gunn that were cool too. But like, yeah, like he, he was in my office, which is just like, a, which was basically an apartment uh-huh. a room, uh, an apartment where everyone stayed was my office. And it was almost like storage, uh-huh. <laughs> it was, but it was where I hung out every night. Yeah. And, uh, Tim Gunn was in my office one time. It was just like me, his assistant, uh-huh. and a coworker of mine. And like, it was just the four of us. It was like, well, Tim, you want a, you want a yogurt parfait? And he's like, oh, no thanks. And like, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Project Runway was a fun, wild time. <laughs> All right. I'm going to, sorry, yeah, I'm going to slowly start wrapping things up. So again, yeah, uh, please, you know, promote your social media platforms again, where people can find you. Yeah. Um, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Gavin P. Smith, G-A-V-I-N-P-S-M-I-T-H. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have an internet, which is GavinSmithComics.com. Um, you can contact me on any of those. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, I do the Sue and the Boys Twitch stream on Thursdays at eight o'clock with a number of talented comic artists, uh, mm-hmm. Sue Lee being the main host, uh, but you know, Josh Hickson, Tyler Boss, Sweeney Boo, Dave Stokes, uh, Tom Riley, Ricardo Lopez Ortiz, Craig Cermak, myself, Adam Gorham, 
yada, yada, yada. A um, lot of us. Sorry mm -hmm. if I missed anyone there. Uh, that's twitch.tv slash Sue Lee Draws. S-O-O-L-E-E -E Draws. And uh, that's Thursdays at 8. You can find me there. And then any last words to our listeners? Uh, that, no, just thank you for having me. I hope you check out Star Trek The Mirror War. Please check out Dead Legends. If you're coming to New York Comic Con, please come say hi to me. I'll be at table F20. Um, we're going to have a good time. That'll be the release of Star Trek uh, yes. Mirror War number one. And I will have copies of Dead Legends 2 trade paperback there as well. That's pretty cool. Okay. So, um, Gavin, you know, I wish you all the success for, you know, both of your series, the Star Trek, the Mirror so Wars, and Dead Legends 2. You know, and again, just thank you for your time. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. Oh, absolutely. To thank you. This was, uh, this was really fun. Thank you for having me. I appreciate the invitation. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And then, now, if you are a new reader to comics or a lifelong comics fan, please check out Star Trek The Mirror Wars. That's from IDW, written by David and Scott Tipton. Issue 1 will be coming out on October 6th. And then Dead Legends 2 from A Wave Blue World, written by James Maddox. Issue 4 just came out on Comixology. And the physical trade comes out on October 19th, and it's only $16.99. And if you're um, trying to look for Dead Legends Volume 1, that's already out in stores. Yes. Um, and I want to thank Drew, you know, the co-host for Comics for Fun and Profit for putting this episode together. You know, Drew, thank you for all your hard work behind the scenes. And if you are a new listener, please check out new episodes of Comics for Fun and Profit that comes out every Saturday. And, you know, and to you, the listeners, thank you very much. Thank you for your time, and thank you for listening to this episode. Until next time, guys, aloha. Aloha.